Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sarah. And we are two physical therapy students on our journey to get that DPT debt free. And our vision for you is to get through PT school on your first try without any debt. Join us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. This episode is brought to you by the SPT Navigation System. We're here to help you navigate through your PT school journey, whether it's your first time or your second lap around, and get you through debt-free. As PT students, this is what we would have wanted to help us navigate PT school, and so we've created all of this for you. We give you the tools and resources that school does not give you in order to get into the right mindset for school success, adjusting to the heavy workload of PT school, studying smarter, managing your stress and your time, making connections, and other tools you need in order to become a debt-free SPT. Click the link in the description to join the upcoming class. Welcome to another episode of Gratitude, everybody. Today we have a fellow SPT, Damian Johnson, on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. First and foremost, I just wanted to say thank you guys. Um, I've been a fan of you guys for a while now, and uh, I'm pretty excited to finally, you know, get on your podcast and tell you guys about my journey. Oh, we're excited for everyone to hear it because from what we've heard, and we haven't even heard all of it yet, well, from what we've heard, it's quite incredible, and we're really excited to just share it out. So firstly, do you want to tell the people a little bit about what got you into physical therapy? Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to apologize in advance. It's uh, not an entry story. I know that's pretty common on here, but um, it was more, it's more likely I've been into fitness and health for a while. Uh, I really like how the body is designed. It's, it's pretty unique how the body works together. And um, I've always been interested in that. Uh, personally, I couldn't see myself as a doctor. Um, I'm not a fan of, you know, opioids. Uh, and then medical school is just it's a lot of years, so I just couldn't see myself doing that. But in undergrad, um, during my exercise science program, they had a course that showed us what can we do after we graduate um, exercise science, and physical therapy was one of those options. So I started to shadow, and then I eventually got a job as an aide. And come 2018, I applied, and I got in on my first try at MGH Institute of Health Professions. That's so exciting. And here you are now. And how has it been? So how has school been for you? School has been quite the journey. So I started in um, August 2018. Uh, I successfully completed that first semester. But I had a lot of stuff going on in the background. And I just had to step away from the program. And basically, I took I ended up taking a year off from the program. So um, I took off at the end of August. And then I came back in September of 2019. So for you guys, your program starts in the summer then? Yes. Okay, so you had May through August, and then you took off, like you finished finals and everything, you were good to go. Stuff happened, and you're like, I need a year. And they were cool yep. with holding your spot, and then you restarted the following year. So you didn't have to redo that first semester. 
No, and M- MGH is really um, awesome about this because they, I got in with a scholarship and they actually ended up allowing me to keep my scholarship and my GPA where it was at. That's amazing. And to know that your program cares about you as an individual and as a student, that is huge. And it says a lot about a DPT program. And that's awesome that they were able to do that for you. So how was that transition of starting again in 2019 with a new cohort and going through and pretty much, you know, starting where you left off? Yeah. Um, hey, PT school isn't a joke, man. It's, it's intense. And you're, you're, you're going through it physically and mentally, and you have to take care of both aspects of you. So coming back, I was, uh, I was nervous, of course but I didn't want to let that show on my face. So uh, coming back, it was pretty smoother than I thought it would be. The The class of 2022, yeah, class of 2022, shout out to class of 2022, MGH. Uh, they, uh, they accepted me as one of their own. And I really appreciate the fact that they didn't ask questions about, hey, what happened? Uh, why you left the previous cohort? What you been doing? They just kind of accepted me for what it was. And then also shout out to class of 2021 because they were an awesome resource for me when I was integrating back into the the whole class. And so we're going to be those people and ask how your time off was just for all the people listening who have restarted and gone through that because we know there's a lot of students that go through this. And they wonder, like, now what? Like, what do, you, what do you do in your time off? And it doesn't have to be universal by any means. This is just whatever you did. Absolutely. And I agree. Um, time, time is such a valuable thing. And you learn that once you're back in school. So I don't mind um, taking the time to talk about what I did during that year. So in October of 2018, I came back to New York City. And then I got a job as a physical therapy aide in an outpatient clinic. And I really liked this clinic because it was, it was very like legit. It wasn't a patient mill and I wasn't doing hands-on on patients. I was working as a proper aide and the, um, the patients were getting treated by the physical therapists themselves. And I learned a lot from that clinic. I chose to work as an aide because I didn't want to lose my interest in the realm of physical therapy. And I figured, I can still learn while I'm on my break. But I must say during this period, um, it was it was quite the time of like personal growth. I was reading a lot of self-development books, uh, listening to podcasts. I mean, during this time, this is where I discovered you guys. So it's like full circle, right? <laughs> that's amazing. It is full circle. We didn't even know that. Um, I think that's so cool. And what kind of stuff were you reading? Like what books were you reading? If you remember a couple of the key ones that kind of helped you through that. Oh man. Um, so podcasts, I, been, no, that's fine. Always been into uh, finances and I think it's an important topic since PT school isn't cheap. So I was reading uh, one of Dave Ramsey's books and uh, it really got the ball rolling on like how we deal with debt and like, how we use credit cards and stuff. It total mind shift. Um, reading books about the seven effective habits. I think I think it's that 
title? You guys probably all familiar. Yeah. Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Highly Effective, yeah. Yes, that book. Um, I got into personal training, so I was reading a lot of personal trainer books. Um, yeah, it was just throughout the whole, like everything, just self-development across the whole board. So coming in January 2019, I decided to start um, studying for personal training. And the few reasons why I did this was I felt stagnant, like I wasn't doing anything. I was just, you know, going home, going to work, going to sleep, and rinse and repeat. I needed something new in my life. Um, and I felt like I should invest myself, you know? So I decided to do personal training. I was like, this could be the first step to being my own boss. And uh, lo and behold, come April, four months later, I, I passed my tests on my first try. And I secured a, per, a personal training gig as a part-time. And I was doing that while working full-time as a physical therapy aide. So in April, before I started working as a personal trainer, I decided to take a little break and go on vacation and uh, DR. And I do, uh, I do uh, recommend everybody go to DR at some point in their lives. Very beautiful country. Wonderful Ooh. people there. It sounds like it. Gabby, have oh, you been? I have. I have been to Dominican Republic. Which part? It was, oh, oh goodness. Now I'm blanking on the name because I'm getting it mixed up with Hawaii. And I know that sounds bad. <laughs> but, uh, Punta Cana? Huh? Was it Punta Cana? Uh, not Punta Cana. It was a smaller-ish town. And I would need to pull up... <laughs> I need to pull up the map to see what the name of the city was. That's okay, Gabby. It's okay. I'm not <laughs> great at geography, guys. Um, but yeah, that that's really great that you got to go on vacation and really just to to unwind and give yourself a break because although you know in this year you were working and getting your personal training um, and starting that on the side of everything it's definitely much needed. So how has now being um, a personal trainer helped you in your studies and being a PT student? Oh my God. Um, being a personal trainer, it really reveals the softer side of serving the public. And as PTs, that's exactly what we do. You know, it, it really hones in on your communication skills and how you, how you treat people your body language your body language says so much like you're in a, a tight space with your patient for like probably 40 40 minutes to an hour your body language is going to say a lot and um i got i gained so much confidence like with my hands and talking to people that it translated to physical therapy school 100 percent. and i couldn't be any more grateful for that experience would recommend personal training to all the students listening out there. If you're not already, like, it's it's amazing. Um, I'm a little biased, of course, because I do the same, but <laughs> would <Okay>. recommend. <laughs> um, and what are you doing now? So as a student, tell us a little bit about how the semester has gone for you since you've restarted. Um, and if you're still personal training, like how that's going. All right. So... My uh, classes started in September, 
and then it ended in December. And I have to say, it was pretty successful. I'm very happy about that. I did not work or do personal training during that time. I just wanted to focus on school, see where I'm at, my baseline. And I have to say, I think I could handle working and doing personal training again. Um, what I'm doing right now is I got back into blogging and doing my IG, which was originally a fitness focus because when I was a personal trainer, I wanted to, you know, develop like a little information hub for my patients, um, uh, sorry, clients, got that physical therapy school lingo going on, clients, family, and friends. And um, also wanted to hold myself accountable for always, you know, learning. Okay, that's the most important thing you do. If you're if you're not constantly learning, how are you gonna get back? So I decided to get back into doing that, but not only with fitness, but you know, talking more about physical therapy school and bring to light, like what what is a physical therapist and what does physical therapy school entails. Uh, one of my missions with this blog is to also help diversify the profession itself, because I feel like the profession should be that uh, as diverse as the population serves. And um, I feel like if I could show people who are like me that I did it, if I could do it, then so can they. That's amazing. And a lot of people need to hear that who are listening because they're like feeling the same way. They're feeling like, wow. Physical therapists aren't very diverse right now. And it's true. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. Now, you're probably wondering how is this going to lead into personal training. I eventually want to get back into personal training. Um, right now, I'm reading up on books. I'm educating myself. And eventually, I want to do online personal training. And that will also lead back into my IG. And you're probably going to start seeing some more fitness posts by me. Like, hey, how can I help you with your squats and stuff? So don't worry, that's coming. Yes, we are so excited for it. And just having that as a as a reliable resource because, you know, as a student, you learn so much and you want to apply what you're learning. And what better way to do that online and through through IG where people can trust you and say, what Damien is doing is is not like false and Everything that you've just learned over this time um, applies to it. So that's really awesome. And I know a lot of people are really looking forward to that. And where do you see your blog going in the future? Oh, man, I can see it going very far in the future. Uh, eventually, I want to even use it even after I become a physical therapist. And it's going to be like a blog for clients who are coming to see me for either physical therapy or strength and conditioning. Cause that's, that's the future I see myself and doing. Um, I don't want to just be a physical therapist. I feel like physical therapy right now is mainly used to react to injuries, but it should be used for preventive measures as well. And if we lead in a healthy lifestyle, you probably won't need physical therapy as much. It's true. Everything's turning towards preventative medicine, which is great. Now the health insurance industry just has to go that way too, but we're working on it. We're getting there. Um, That's a whole other story for another time. Yeah, we could go down that rant, but we're going we're gonna to hold off there. But that's really cool. We're really excited for you. And I think it, it's quite, it's, 
it's quite enlightening to a lot of people because they might go to physical therapy and have no idea what the physical therapist has gone through to get there. They don't know what schooling is like. Like, honestly, your patients aren't going to care as long as you're helping them. But I love that you're sharing your story and helping a lot of students who feel like they're so alone because they've restarted or whatever have they've gone through. So I think it's really cool. Yeah, I think it's important for people to just, you know, value themselves and put themselves as priority. Like, we all tend to, like, put, like, a time limit on what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, success finds people at many different stages of life, you know, and there's no time limit on success. <laughs> Gabby, you should have left your sound on there. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I just get really pumped when... <laughs> I hear stuff like that and I love that because it never success never stops and it really is what you make of it because if you just want to be stagnant and want to be that way then you know that's fine but for people who want more in life and they're gonna find ways to be successful but then also fail because it's not a perfect straight line (laughs) up all the way um there's just a roller coaster and yeah i really just really liked what you just said yeah life is full of twists and turns and you know it's like my favorite ride in uh and uh six flags el toro uh, i'm here for it oh gosh. my god six <laughs> flags <laughs> i'm a roller coaster fan do you like roller coasters? I love roller coasters. Oh my god. I well, because I lived right by Cedar Point, you know, that's where I grew up in Ohio. And so yeah. Anyway. Can we have a gratitude trip to Six Flags? (laughs) (laughs) Who needs school? Let's just go to Six Flags. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh speaking of school though. Let's talk about the layout of your school and how your semesters are laid out. How has that been? Oh man, um, MGH is it's amazing. It's very different, and I appreciate it for its difference. So the way they lay it out is, uh, the semester is pretty much, let's say, three to four months long, and we typically have three classes, and every class is four weeks long. So there are many modules within the semester. So we'll take four weeks of one class, we'll take a final written and a final practical, and then we'll move on to the next class next week. And we rinse and repeat for two more classes. At the end of all three classes, we'll take a comprehensive final, which is a written for all three classes and a practical for all three classes. And we're being tested on everything that we learn. And what I really like about this layout is every semester has one focus. So for example, in January right now, the semester that I am, that I'm in, the main focus is ortho. And the three classes that I'm taking right now is lumbo pelvic area for lower back pain. The second class is going to be lower extremities and a focus on gait. And then the last class will be upper cervical and upper back region. And so I feel like the pros to this is we're not being overwhelmed with five to six different classes, taking five 
finals at the same time. I can't imagine um, going to school and dealing with that and a physical therapy uh, level. Like, I, ha- I have to give you guys kudos and to everybody who's going through that. I couldn't do it. Um, the con to that is sometimes it could be overwhelming to start a class. Because, for example, my second class, it ends in the middle of the week, and then we begin the third class on a Friday. And sometimes we have a quiz on that first day, and we're just finishing up a final. So as you imagine, it could get pretty mentally overloaded. But I accept it for what it is. I really like it, and I think more programs should, you know, lay out their programs like that. Yeah, and you guys are more like problem-based learning because of how you set it up. It's so that you can go through different cases as you're going through these three classes. It's not like you have neuroanatomy, MSK1, and EVP in one semester. And it's not really like cohesive. It's just like, here's a blob, learn the blob, and we'll apply it next semester, maybe. Exactly. So every, every, at the beginning of every class, we get one case. And then every week, we get a little bit more information based on what we're learning that week, a little bit more information. And we're applying the principles that we're learning in that class to that case. And this has like a very practical um, application, because what we do is in the program, we go through ICE, which is Integrated Clinical Experience. And right now I'm in an outpatient clinical experience. And basically uh, we're there once a week for four hours. And we're, we're seeing and we're applying things that we're learning in school every week for four hours. And it's amazing. And it's because of that kind of layout, we're able to do that so early in the program. I'm a first year, I'm already in ICE. This is my second ICE experience. Yeah, and you get to apply everything real time, which is amazing as a first year because you remember it now. Because now you've seen that patient, you can visualize it, you have them in your head for the next week for whatever you guys are learning. So I really like that. I really love it too. I I learn a lot better hands-on. I'm more of a kinesthetic learner. And I feel like the sooner we're out in the clinic, the better clinicians we can be. Because in my opinion, I think clinicians are made in a clinic. I agree. Yeah. You get everything in the classroom and yes, you need to have all that foundational knowledge and have the clinical reasoning and being able to do that. But you really learn in the clinic and especially as a student, just soaking everything up from your clinical instructor and your patients. And that's really when you know, okay, this is what I'm not great at. And having that guidance of, hey, can you help me with this mobilization? Or if it's, if it's something like a mistake that you made and you're in the clinic, you're like, wow, I know never to do that again. So I, I definitely believe that because it really does form the way that you want to practice and you figure out what you like and what you don't like um in in PT so I think that's really huge and great that they integrate specifically with your program so early on absolutely and speaking of practice our practicals we're not doing practicals on each other or on the uh 
professors, they hire actors to come in for our practicals. That way we're getting like the real shock value of actually applying what we're learning in class to real life people. I think that's really cool too, because like you said, your classmates, like it's not the same. Your classmates don't have these pathologies most likely. They're going to help you, which is great in practice, but not in real life. Exactly. So if you want to tell everybody how those practicals are when you go in and it's a standardized patient, walk us through what that's like. Oh, man. So when we arrive, um, we have to dress, you know, professionally like we're PTs and we're handed um, cases. And basically we get about 25 minutes to decide what kind of exams and interventions we're going to do for the patients. And uh, we also get to collect whatever materials that we need, you know, such as exercise ball, uh, different things that we might need for the interventions. Then we'll go into a different room where the sanitized patient is waiting for us. And basically it's CalStat, meaning you have to hand sanitize in, and then that's it, it's game on. And for about 20 to 25 minutes, you're doing the examination, you're talking to the patient as if they're a real patient. The uh, professor or grader, they're standing at the side. You pretend like they don't exist. No offense to the professors. And uh, basically, they're just grading you on what you're doing, how you're doing it. And uh, we have a rubric. And basically, we see the rubric before the, um, before the test day. But that's how the testers are grading us based on that rubric. And essentially, if we, um, if we need a physical therapy aid, we can actually use them as physical therapy aid, but we have to give them specific instructions. So I want to use them to, let's say, measure somebody's range of motion for the hip. I will use them to just hold up somebody's leg while I'm doing the measurement of the, um, of the hip angle and so basically at the end of the 25 minutes they let us know our time's up and then we walk out and then that's it we're finished but it's a nerve-wracking experience i have to tell you that as with most practicals i imagine most people especially for you if your professor is just like i imagine you're in this like closed off patient room kind of like in a clinic if you're you know doing an eval in this room and you've got the table, your actor is like on the table or whatever, and the and your professor's just in the corner, like watching everything happen. <laughs> it's a little different, but I think that's still really cool and really helpful and beneficial for all of you. Um, because I know for my program, at least, we don't have any actors. We don't have, you know, rooms where you can go in or it's very different. It's just a different setup. And we actually do it on the professor or the proctor. Like there's not that other person, which I think is unique. Is the professor acting or? So it depends. First year, they are not. First year, uh, we actually had a few pre-PTs or exercise science volunteers, but they didn't really know what was happening. So they didn't like fake anything. There were no pathologies to fake. It was more skill checks. But uh, second year, yes, the professors would act a little bit. So for example, we had one for neuromuscular and the professor would fake fall 
several times and you'd have to catch them. Okay. That sounds cool. Yeah. Nerve wracking as well. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. That, that's really great that your program does that though, because you are going to be encountering patients where you haven't met them yet. And I think that's a good prep. And so you're not as nervous going into, like, you're going to be nervous in the practical, but even when you're going to clinic, it's like, oh, you know, I, I have a little more experience with this where, whereas like Sarah and I's program where we're doing our practical on our professors or our classmates and it, we don't get that, um, like this is a real patient and they're coming in acting like they have a real pathology or impairments. And, um, and so I think that's really great. And I hope that more programs move to that. I know a lot implement that and have patient actors, but I really think that's beneficial, especially early on. Uh, speaking of early on, I had, um, I had like one of those moments where it's like everything clicked. So during my last semester, the first semester I came back, um, my first practical, I had the same professor as I had for my first practical before I took the year break. And she commented on my patient management skills and like my communication skills. And she was like, wow, you definitely improved from the first time you had a practical, like, you're amazing now. And I was like, oh my God. I started blushing and doing a happy dance. I was like, <laughs> it was it was quite it was quite the uh the eye opener. It was like, wow, this is truly the profession for me. That's amazing. I'm glad you had that moment and your professor like noticed and verbalized and acknowledged it. Um, I think that's really cool. And for your actual clinicals too. So let's talk about how are your actual like full-time clinicals laid out? Cause you have these ICE experiences kind of intermixed, but what about your full-time ones? So the um, ICE clinicals, we get only two of those and those are in our first year. We had, I had my first one last fall and that was an inpatient based ICE. And then I have my second one this semester and that's the outpatient-based ICE. Now, for full-time, those are 10 weeks. And we are in the clinic from Monday to Friday for about 40 hours a week. Uh, my first one is actually next semester. Next semester will be the mark of my um, second year. So I'm pretty excited for that. Second year. Second year already. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. And where is your clinical? What setting is it in? So here's the cool part. So we've been having meetings for clinicals with our individual uh, clinet team. I actually have mine tomorrow, which I'm pretty excited for. And basically after everybody has had their um, interviews and um, individual advising with their clinet advisor, then they're gonna release a full site list. And we get to pick about seven sites where we would like to go to. And then after that, there's going to be a couple of weeks where uh, the clinic team is going to get together, decide who goes where. And that this is based on, you know, um, how somebody uh, learns, their learning preference, um, how they're doing in class, 
uh, there's a lot of things that go into their decision. So let's say, I believe my site list comes out in February. We won't get, we won't get knowledge of where we're going until probably about March, mid-March. So it's a long process, but I believe in the process because I feel like it's individualized to us. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, it sounds like it is more individualized than many programs. Gabby's, you know, um, <laughs> lottery system over there. Gabby, would you like to speak on that? Because your face says you do. <laughs> can you please comment? I can comment. Yes. So my program specifically does a lottery system and we make it fair. We make it defensible. And so everybody's happy. <laughs> Nobody can see what you just did. Would you like to expand on that? We can see it. <laughs> Hashtag happy. Yeah, in quotations, happy. <laughs> and so we, we do have the opportunity to submit clinical site request forms. And we do that based off of clinics that we know of, or if there's some at home, if you wanted to live at home and it's like, oh, this is close by let me just put this on the list and then our clinic team goes through all of the sites that they have already and then the ones that are submitted and decide okay is this going to be a good affiliate for our program add them to the list and then in june we'll get a gigantic list of all of these clinicals and they recommend that we pick our top 10 so then the next month we do a lottery system where we all pick a number out of a hat, one through 61. And if you're number one, you're pick one. We do two okay. lotteries. I should have prefaced that. Uh, so the first lottery, if you choose number one, you're pick one, feel great. And then for the second lottery, you're pick number 61 and you're last. So I am currently in the middle. So there, you know, we'll see what happens, but that is how my program does it. And I know every program's different. There's pros and cons to ClinEd. However, the way that you just described it, I would love to see more programs go towards that individualized system where you do it based off of how you learn best and, you know, how you perform. Because if you do better on practicals and you're not a great test taker, then it shows something like you're going you're most likely going to excel when you're in the clinic setting and i just really like that setup and i'm excited for you because it's going to be really amazing so you'll have to keep us updated oh definitely so my question to you since you're in the middle do you stay in the middle for the second round yes so for the second round last year i was pick number 31 and for this year i'm pick number 30 so wow. Literally right smack in the middle, and my professor said, "Oh, you got a really great spot." So I was like, "Okay, well, yeah, I guess it's in the middle of everybody." So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll definitely be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, definitely keep us updated on that. <laughs> your school makes a whole event out of it. I think it's so funny. What oh yeah, was your we theme last time. You last were Elsa. Disney themed, and I was Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> come and dress up yeah, it's a really whole cool. event that's so epic 
Yeah, we bring food, we have a potluck, and it's the second and the third year. So it's both classes um, having this whole big uh, lottery system. Yeah, but you're in different pools. Like there's their yeah. mm-hmm. list. You're, yeah, different hats you're picking out of. Exactly. So, yeah. But yeah. if anybody's program does clinical ed similar to what you said, or if they do it totally different, let us know because we would love to hear it. We love to hear how other programs organize things like these. So shouldn't be good. Yeah, I agree. And for everybody listening, what advice do you have for current SPTs? Oh man, I knew this was coming because I always listen to you guys' uh, episodes and you always end it with this question. So I made sure to prepare for this one. So in my opinion, I feel like mental health is definitely underrated, especially for DPT students. And um, I feel like if you're in a dark place or going through something that you can't talk to anyone about, please don't hold it in because it actually becomes toxic and, you know, it becomes a bigger mess than it originally was. Seek out your family, seek out your friends, if you don't have those options, talk to a professional. Um, There's a, t- a totally different war going on on the inside that people don't know about unless, you know, you bring their awareness to it. So mental health is number one. All right. Definitely seek help if you need it. That's my, uh, that's my biggest uh, input. Great piece of advice. People need to hear that over and over and over again because it doesn't matter how much we talk about it people will still bottle things up and not talk about what's going on for real and then it just you know you kind of implode a little bit but no one can ever know unless you say something so great piece of advice and for everyone who wants to reach out to you and chat with you and has questions about whatever how can they reach out to you so you can reach out to me on IG. Um, my username is DJ to DPT. I'm pretty active on there, so just slide in the DMs and I'll be uh, I'll be able to respond to you. Awesome! And we absolutely loved loved our conversation with you today, and I'm so glad we got to record this episode because there are going to be people reaching out to you and really resonate with your story and just want to talk to you more. So we appreciate you, Damien, and we can't wait to see what's to come. I'm here for it. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Um, I've been waiting for this for a while and I'm so hyped to be on your podcast. Uh, We should definitely do this again. And I can't wait to meet Sarah and um, CSM. It's going to be a great time. I'm excited too. Guys, like a week and a half. This episode, I don't we don't know when it's going to come out, but you know what? We're meeting, for those of you listening, five years from now. It's 2020 right now. We're going to meet in February. Uh, <laughs> Super excited. I will see you guys virtually. I will be here. <laughs> yes, but I'm so glad. Like every, Sarah, your phone's pretty much going to be on. I need time. to have a portable charger on me at all times. I'm prepared for this. <laughs> because I'm excited to see you guys. And you're going to love CSM. We'll have to talk about that on another episode when 
uh, it's all over for this year, but yes, can't wait to have you on again, like to talk about second year clinicals. Definitely. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physio Memes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.